Hello there, Sunday sizzlers. It's Chappie, your British butler. Keep calm and cauliflower cheese. Episode 160. 160. 160! Well, if you're going to do the old darts, it's 180! Anyway, welcome along to the program. If you're still, like, sneaking your nose outside of the covers and your cosy double duvets. Do you double duvet it? I'm double duveting at the moment. It's quite a luxury, but I think one part of my body likes it warm and one part of my body likes it a little bit cooler, so you see, just pop your leg out. Pop your second and even your third leg out, chappy, if you want to. It's lovely to be here. Sunday, the Sunday service, the Sunday sermon edition of Keep Calm and Cauliflower Cheese. I promise you, we will not be, there will be no reverence in today's Keep Calm and Cauliflower Cheese. Looking at some of the subjects, certainly not. Certainly not. So I hope you had a lovely Saturday and uh, you got, got a little bit of the, the slushy mushy stuff going on here. After probably nine inches in the week. Yes, we had nine inches of snow in the week. Uh, accumulation and then it just all melts because it's so sunny here in Colorado um, but uh, yeah it's that slushy mushy stuff before we get absolutely frozen I mean everything's going to be have to be covered on Wednesday uh, Wednesday morning I think Wednesday night actually where it's getting down to like one degree Fahrenheit oh I need to find the long johns where are my long johns I tell you I don't know where the long johns are. I've got one part. I haven't got like an all-in-one sort of situation because I can't do those, like those all-in-one onesies and overalls and things like that. I know rompers are very much. Now, if I could find myself a, uh, a sort of chappy romper, that would be fantastic. But the trouble is, I, I find them... I mean, if you're ever, like, caught a little bit short or um, maybe you uh, have a little bit of too much chipotle go go with the hot sauce maybe or the, or maybe a, a bit of a fiery curry and you have to get that romper off rather quickly that's that's my fear about it I, I don't think I could ever remove the thing quick enough yeah I mean it would get caught up in things I imagine hair and static and sticking to each other and things like that I mean it just wouldn't uh, the romper probably wouldn't work for me very very well but it is lovely to be here. We're right at the tail end of January. I mean, when we tail, tail end, it's definitely the bottom end. You definitely would need a white, wet wipe. It's the remnants of January we have here. There will be no encore. I, I promise you that. There's no encore in January. We will exit January and we'll uh, say adieu until next year. And that's a, a jolly good show, in my opinion. I hope, uh, I hope you're settling into Sunday. I uh, I had a very, very healthy week. I've been doing salads. Now, I can eat a salad if I've got lots of pickled things. So I'm talking, I mean, I'm doing all the red. I was talking about this before, red and blue. Love the blueberries, but love the pickled beets, pickled cabbage, uh, pickled onions, the jardinara. Now, you have to need to say that carefully because it might give you an itch if you say it the wrong way. Uh, that's this sort of Chicago hot mix. Highly recommended jardinara if you can get it the marconi i mean it's exactly you're listening audio audio wise you could be doing the whole marconi thing listening on the audio as marconi intended and then eating marconi spicy jardinara as well 
But you know, that will make your tongue tingle. Uh, it, uh, it's got a little bit of a kick to it, I have to say. And then you do have, uh, I had tried one of the best things yesterday, highly recommend it. I may, I may need to find out how to make it myself. It's an artichoke heart jalapeno dip. So it's got like cheesy, spicy, beautiful bits of artichoke that are wondrous. I never really knew about the artichoke until I had it in Chicago one day and I sat down at the restaurant and the lady I was sitting across, she started peeling bits of artichoke off. And I'd never seen it before, I'd never eaten it before. And it's the most wonderful thing, the hearts, not the stringy piece. If you get the stringy piece between your teeth, you're you're really going to, uh, I mean, you need the best flossing techniques to get the stringy piece of the artichoke out of the teeth. It's absolutely awful. But we've made it. We've got through to the end of January and we can now take a slight deep breath and uh, move on to February. February's a very short month. Although I did hear that Punxsutawney Phil may be seeing a shadow. I think we're going to get another six weeks of winter here in Denver. Yeah, I had a bit of a naughty day yesterday when it came to eating uh, leftover pizza, Chinese food, orange chicken. So good. I do search if there's any MSG now. And there was no MSG, I don't think, in this. It's, it's pretty lovely. But I need a cleansing day today. I need just liquids, fluids, maybe some soup or something. Some soup song may cleanse the soul and the body today. I need some goodness. After I did very well with the salad. And I highly recommend the pickles. I really do. And pickled onions. I remember my grandfather, my granddad Frank. I mean, he used to love pickled onions and spring onions as well. The big old bulbs in the end, biting that off. I mean, he didn't care. He'd stink of onions for days. But I always say, as long as your partner's eating onions, and my nan would eat onions too. So they were fine. But he'd basically eat pickled onions, Haywood pickled onions out of the jar. I don't want them too sweet. Just want them nice and tangy, nice and vinegary is the perfect pickled onion. An absolute treat. Never could do the pickled eggs. Talked about this on the podcast before. When they start going green on the pub shelf, you know, however desperate you are, never do the pickled eggs in a jar at a pub. I think it could make it could give you serious uh, dysentery or something along those lines. It could be a pr- real problem for you. So anyway, on the podcast today, some of the things that we may or may not be talking about. So let's do a little bit of catch up. We talked about ancient archaeological find. Two ancient sphincters were found. We talked about the wonders of flax seeds and other things as well. If you want to put a pep in your step going into the romantic month of February as well. Uh, Also, um, we talked, are you the morning cock or are you the night owl? Yes. But, you know, which, which one are you? And does it affect uh, your relationship as well? Are you a skip hijacker? Because some people are skip hijackers, and that's uh, that's not a good thing either. If you're like a, if you're a skip hijacker, um, and also I think the final part of how much of the Christmas cake has been eaten. My parents have finally given up. However much brandy and booze was put into that Christmas cake, it is really not going to last for the duration. We never talked yesterday about the Uber driver cross between Elvis and Bill Clinton. We never talked about uh, my dream diaries. I know phone by the bed anymore, so I have to write 
on post-it notes. Some odd things came up, like New Year, new cat suit. We never talked about that. We do have a rubbish poker today. Never sneeze after eating a particular product. How I'm basically peddling Cadbury's products, the real Cadbury's. I'm really promoting Cadbury's, real Cadbury's in America. And uh, I basically sold maybe three or four items were ordered end of the week because they were discounted. We'll be talking about that uh, as well. How awful is Excel spreadsheets? How awful are the Excel schedules? Absolutely mind-numbing. The smell of wood cutting, meta honey, Zuckerberg honey, cheese snobbery, nose yoga, uh, Polak nipples, men's toenails, old farts quitting Spotify. Well, that's not completely true, but I don't think there's going to be anybody uh, over 60 uh, who will be on Spotify more. Only, only the youngsters. We'll be having my little take on that a little bit later on, I think. Uh, Putin's harem, royal condiments, uh, and... Um, yeah, no, we did cover the sphincters, didn't we? You, want to, you never want to go over the sphincters too much. And uh, wonderful, wonderful achievement for Rafael Nadal, the wondrous, passionate Spaniard who's been thrilling people for about 20 years now, it seems. Wasn't it wonderful seeing Rafael Nadal win his 21st major championship at the Australian Open? And thank God that he beat Novakovic. Yeah, we don't want Novakovic uh, getting there first, so to speak. I'm sure he's a younger man, so he may he may do uh, be a more phenomenal legacy or have a more phenomenal legacy than Rafael Nadal. But what a passionate Spaniard! Love watching him play. But what love watching him play for since about the early 2000s, I believe. And I remember what the last game Agassi played, I think, was against Nadal at Wimbledon. Yes, I'm a little bit of a tennis anorak, if you hadn't have guessed it. But he also made picking your underwear out of your bottom crack fashionable. Or as I would like to call it, uh, it's butt picking, basically. So you had uh, Rafa Nadal is the supreme butt picker or an arse aerator. Because you're, making, you're letting a little bit of air flow to the bottom. Now, what's, what's the deal with him? I mean, why does he, why does he have issues with, uh, with his underwear? I mean, is he is it too tight? Does he have the tighty whities and it's restrictive? Is it sort of cupping one of the balls here? I mean, the whole thing is. I mean, I think that uh, men have this issue as well. All men have this issue where they have underwear with holes in. I mean, it's it's a, it's a often heard joke across the whole well metaverse dating sites. Men basically. Do not. They I mean they may have a beautiful suit on and uh, lovely socks and beautiful polished shoes, but their underwear looks like it comes off the Antiques Roadshow. There's so many holes, it looks like a cobweb, and that's the whole thing. Things start popping through. Like you're walking down the street, and all of a sudden you're basically being castrated by your underwear because it's so holy. Not in a sort of reverent Sunday sermon type of way. There's just too many holes in there. And you do not want reverence when it comes to holy underwear. And this may be Rafa Nadal maybe having that problem. Maybe he's got some fruit of the looms. And they're basically he's had them since 2003. And that's why he's picking his underwear all the time. Would it be better if he wore a thong? Would that help his tennis? Would he, would he be let, picking out the string between his arse, the tooth, the tooth floss between his bottom, if 
he wore a thong when he played tennis? Or would it be new balls all the time? I mean, would he have to keep going off the court? I mean, it goes off the court enough times anyway. Uh, so I'm wondering if he's changing his underwear. Is he changing his thong? Does he wear his girlfriend's underwear, his wife's underwear? I mean, this is the thing here. But he has made arse-picking or arse-aerating, butt-picking very, very fashionable. But I think we all need to chip in. We need to do a crowdfund here and crowdfund some new underwear. Because I do have a suspicion that he's got some of those uh, Fruit of the Looms on. And they're a little bit holy. Oh, excuse me a minute. I didn't see you there. Uh, yes, uh, well, <laughs> how embarrassing. Um, yeah, so I just wanted to let you know. Yeah, that buzzing sound you hear. I know so many of you have dirty minds in the gutter. Is it is actually a nasal trimmer. So before I do the podcast, I always like to trim. It's a middle-aged problem. I like to trim my nose hair and also my ear hair before the podcast. I yeah, really like to do that. I wonder what you thought I was doing there for a second. So anyway, so everything's very clean. So my lovely lady, my lovely, lovely, lovely girl, she bought me a Samael grooming kit. Well, she did the whole hog. I mean, I don't know what she's trying to tell me here. She bought me the blow-dry hair straightener. And I feel um, partly emasculated, but partly uh, livened, enlivened to be able to do my hair and get it a little bit a little bit more height to a little more volume a little more vivaciousness to it you zhuzh it up a little bit but also i have the the nasal kit the trimmer the gentleman's uh, persuader so to speak i mean it does the ear hair does the nasal nasal hair nasal hair and of course the nostrils the nostrils but that's one of the things, as you get a bit older, and men don't look at this, like we talk about the underwear situation. They don't look about the tusks coming out of their nose. So I like to have a very clean snostril. It's very important to me. And uh, I do it regularly, but this is like hypercharged. It makes me wonder, how far can I stick this device up my nose? Because, I don't know, it's, it's got a, like a little blade thing that's uh, oscillating. I mean, it, it's fantastic, really. I, I don't think my nasal passages have been as clean as this for a long time. And it's does wonders for the snostrils. Highly recommended. You know, if you're doing the whole manscaping thing, don't forget the ear hair. Because I have some wispy white hairs in my ear. I'm turning into sort of Gandalf the Wizard in my ears. I never realized this. But once you get over 40, you need to keep an eye on these things. It's very, very important indeed to be able to keep an eye on, uh, on those snostrils and... Gandalf's ear hair. So here on Keep Calm and Cauliflower Cheese, we have the most outdated and strange rules the royal family have to follow. Among the world's royal families, the British royals are widely considered to be quite modern, especially when it comes to activities of young royals like Prince William, Duchess of Cambridge, all of these. But there's 27 practices here uh, that uh, the royal family engage in that you may not know about. There's a hats rule. According to rule protocol, women must wear hats when attending royal occasions, such as Royal Ascot, a tradition that dates back to the 1950s. Her Majesty's hostage every year while the British monarch gives a speech at the state opening of Parliament, a member of the Commons is held hostage at Buckingham Palace to ensure the sovereign's safe return. No fly zone. 
as a means of safeguarding the line of succession, senior royals, those closest line to the throne, are not allowed to travel together. That's why the Queen hates everybody going in helicopters. The royal family has a very strong relationship with the Catholic Church and Catholicism. Uh, it's been a touchy one for centuries, though more than 300 years beginning in 1701, members of the royal family are barred from marrying Roman Catholics if they wanted to sit on the throne. However, the law passed in 2013, went into 2015, that finally allowed senior royals to marry Catholics. How shellfish of you. Sounds like Sean Connor. I don't think I should eat a shellfish. Um, royal family protocol dictates that royals should avoid shellfish. Chin up. According to etiquette experts, female royals are told to keep their chins parallel to the ground at all times, particularly when making entrances into rooms or walking down the stairs. Fashion hose. Upon becoming Catherine, Duchess of Cambridge, Kate Middleton made headlines for stepping out in beige pantyhose, even in warm weather. But that's no surprise she's adopted the old-fashioned habit of wearing stockings. Uh, there's one steadfast rule which the Queen requires. A royal expert said that women in the royal family do need to wear stockings, pantyhose at all times. Kate Middleton and Meghan Markle were required to take special course at the British Army's SAS headquarters, part of the royal family in training to prepare themselves in a potential hostage situation. Eagle-eyed royal observers have long noted how Kate perfected what is known as the Duchess slant, sitting with legs pressed firmly together with knees and legs are held slanted in opposite directions. I think I'm going to try the Duchess slant here, sitting with legs pressed closely. Oh, maybe not actually. Um, can't hardly wait as a nod to the german ancestors the royal families open up their christmas presents on christmas eve as head of the church of england the queen only attends weddings that are held in a church who wears short skirts in the royal family boys wear tailored shorts until they turn eight at which point they're allowed to transition to a transition to full trousers this showcasing of royal knees is said to be a tradition that dates back to the 1500s Etiquette expert Grant Harold told the BBC that ye olde days male children wore gowns or dresses until they were eight years old. The royal family must accept any and all gifts they have been given. Mind the pinkies. Contrary to popular belief, royal pinky fingers are not held up in the air while drinking from dainty teacups. The royal way to drink tea is to pinch the top of the one's handle. So you need to pinch the top of one's handle between the thumb and the index finger. And then support the bottom of the cup with the middle and remaining fingers. Follow the leader. When invited to break bread with the queen, it's still tradition and custom to wait for her to uh, set the pace of the meal. God, they'd be a, if if I was the king, they'd be set. They'd be set at like a sprinter's pace. Just say no. The royal family is not allowed to eat garlic or onions at royal functions because it's impolite. Royal bedtime. The queen's house guests cannot go to bed before her royal highness does. Royal women must wear hats during daytime royal events, a throwback to 1950s etiquette. But once the clock starts 5pm, royal women are expected to swap out their elaborate hats for tiaras. The bridal bouquet, in addition to wearing one of the Queen's tiaras on wedding days, marriage tradition is for royal brides to add a sprig of myrtle to the bouquet. No selfies as well. Bending the knee, the official website for the royal family states that although there's no obligatory way to greet the queen, aside from the curtsy, it's traditional for men to bow one's neck and women to do a small curtsy. Hands off, although there's no royal protocol that dictates royals can't engage in PDA in public, it's rare to see royals do more than hold hands, unless you're Prince Andrew. 
Grandmother, may I, from 1772 to 2013, descendants of the British royal family are required to obtain permission from the monarch before they can get married. According to a 300-year role, the Queen Elizabeth might actually be able to take legal control of her underage grandchildren, including Prince George, Louis, Archie, and Princess Charlotte and Lilibet. No politics. Not allowed to give any political opinions. The rule of thumb that the royal family must always travel with a set of black clothing in case there's a funeral they need to go to. And then the royal family tradition dating back to at least 1901, those serving the British military or hold honorary military titles must wear full dress uniforms to weddings and state funerals. Military uniforms. Prince Andrew's military uniform has been stripped from him. Isn't that an uneasy thought? Oops, sorry about that. Sometimes starts on its own. Anyway, <laughs> so have you, uh, did you hate making phone calls? Do, do you hate making phone calls? Because I think there's, in a relationship, there's one person who doesn't mind making the phone calls and there's one person who absolutely hates it. And then the other person's always making phone calls. So I had to just make a phone call for my dearest a, a few minutes ago. Uh, dog food, uh, Costco, and uh, really needed to find out if, there were the signature nature domains, perky and pea, uh, tur- turkey and pea stew for dogs. Perky and, perky and tea stew? What are you talking about? Don't throw bloody spears at me. No, but there's, there's the thing is, though. So I don't mind making the phone calls. Um, when I first moved to the US, it was impossible because I'd call up and nobody would understand me. And still occasionally, although I'm speaking English, the Queen's English, people have a problem understanding me. So I don't mind doing that, though. That's fine. But I was thinking also is I really fancy some turkey and pea stew now. That sounds absolutely delicious to me. Turkey and pea stew. And it's like the, um, you, you know, duck and carrot uh, melange or something. Another dog, um, dog food. Pheasant and wild grain. You know, a venison stew with berries. I think I may transition to start maybe eating dog food. It sounds delicious. I want to get away from beef and chicken. I want the I want the I want the game stew, the dog's game stew. I I, I may I wonder how bad it would be if I just heated up in a pot, a little bit of water, maybe a dash of pepper and salt, a little bit more seasoning. How bad it would would it be for you if I tucked into some uh, game stew that's really meant for uh, the pooch? Like a herd of elephants living upstairs for me these days. So like they're dragging a body around, humping and lumping and bumping. Oh, jeez. Anyway, so I wanted to talk a bit about... There's a lot of Burns Night events the other night. I know everything's sort of opening up in Europe UK a little bit more now. But I tell you, there must have been some absolute super spreader events there, Choppy. Having a wee drama around the blessing of the haggis. Hopefully there wasn't, you know. If you're sharing a sheep stomach, are you more likely to catch the corona? I don't know. I don't know if there's any sharing of the drams. I wouldn't I wouldn't want to share that. I never share a dram with you, Choppy. But there were some big events, you know, and this makes you wonder uh, after Burns Night if there's, uh, if there's a few more cases going around there. 
But I said to said to my my boss, the head butler, the other day. I mean, basically, what you need is a is a sort of a little bit of a uh, an uplift on the top hot toddy. So you get your your scotch, you've got your honey and lemon, and uh, add a little bit of uh, apple cider vinegar to it as well. Now that really does uh, clear the pathways. That clears any sort of congestion that you would need. So if you're having a little trouble when it comes to blessing the haggis, you need to make yourself a hot daddy and put in a dash, a wee dash of apple cider vinegar. Ah, Kyle, and you. Many people are very, very sweet about my uh, my accent now and again. I mean, over the years, oh, look at this lovely accent you've got. Oh, my God, you've got a beautiful accent there. But the other day, I, I heard somebody, and these mellifluous, beautiful, honey tones uh, was from an Uber driver. Lovely full head of hair. The guy must have been in his 70s. And he was a cross between Elvis and Bill Clinton. And it was wonderful. And, uh, I mean, it was, it was a mishmash of the two. If you sort of paired the two together, if you welded the two together, it was basically a, a mixture of Elvis and... I did not have sex relations with that woman, Miss Lewinsky. Are you worried tonight? Do you miss me tonight? Are you sorry? I'm not your president. Does your memory sway to my fun-loving ways when I kiss girls and make those headlines? Does the news on the TV make you Do you wonder about D.C. and what's happening up there? If we get through... Yes, ladies and gentlemen, the Uber driver, who's a mix of Elvis and Bill Clinton. I mean, I've had the oddest of dreams recently. And incredibly boring dreams. I've turned into a dullard. I think we talked about this before. So now the phone's plugged in in the other room. I highly recommend it. Talked about this before. Um, so I have a little um, pad of post-it notes that I keep notes on. Podcast or I come up with genius idea. And uh, like so, oh, I'm still waiting for that genius idea to come out there, chappy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, okay. So the dream diary is by the bed. But the weirdest the other night is I came up with this new new year. It's new year, new cat suit. And I had a dream uh, basically about this perfect cat suit that made me look like Drew Barrymore. And it was holding all the lumps and bumps. I mean, what does this mean if I'm thinking about cat suits and in the cat suit, I look like Drew Barrymore? Yeah, I mean, that is a little odd. But yes, I'm becoming more boring. I mean, for God's sake, I'm watching reviews from No Time to Die and No Time to Die reviews on the sweaters James Bond wears in No Time to Die. Hmm. Rock and roll, baby.
I have also started a Cadbury's revolution. A Cadbury's chocolate, the real Cadbury's chocolate, not the uh, oversweet version of Cadbury's that they have in America. No, the real Cadbury's chocolate. I started a revolution. I started marketing Cadbury's chocolate all over everywhere. Now, I got to send a discount notification for Cadbury's Heroes and also Cadbury's Roses. Like 10, 15% off on Amazon. And uh, everybody I told during the day, I said I'd found this. Everybody's taken. I think when you go to Heathrow Airport, everybody basically fills up a shopping cart full of Cadbury's chocolate to take it back because the chocolate in America is inferior. I know that's I know that's controversial, but the chocolate in America is in theory it is inferior to Cadbury's chocolate. So everybody I talked to during all my butler rounds the other day, they went out and bought discount Cadbury's uh, Heroes and the Roses. I am probably their best salesman in January, and I have to say that they taste very very similar. But as my mother and I decided the other day they need more hard centers the queen has launched her own line of condiments with a very hefty price tag the queen has launched exclusive brand of condiments including tomato sauce and brown sauce the popular sources would be exclusive to buy it as Sandringham estate in norfolk it is also unknown if other stockists may take on the raw sources. The tomato sauce, the Queen's tomato sauce and brown sauce come in a glass jar printed on the Royal Estate label on it. Vibrant illustrations or some of the ingredients inside. Both releases are ideal for breakfast or any time of day. The tomato sauce has been given a little upgrade to the classic grace. It's lightly spiced, but also fruity. What if it's going to have garlic in it? The Queen doesn't allow garlic or onions in. She can't have her own tomato, ketchup, and sauce. The details on the tomato sauce bottle reads, A real family favourite, packed full of tomatoes and lightly spiced. The ketchup is delightful, vibrant, and fruity. Now that's what I want on my epitaph. Chappie was delightful, vibrant, and fruity. I want that on my tombstone, please. This ketchup can be enjoyed at any time of day, perfect to add flavour to the dish. While the brown sauce has the extra twang, thanks to the addition of vinegar and spices. Love an HP brown sauce. Wonder what it's like though. I had to pick some up when I'm near Sandringham next. Tomato-based sauce packed with vinegar and spices. Though Her Majesty's Little Venture may seem a little bit out of blue, it's been reported she's quite the food enjoys classic British meals such as fish and chips when she stays at Balmoral and is partial to the scone with jam first, of course. She occasionally treats herself to fish and chips when at Balmoral. A footman is dispatched to get it from the local Balata. While the Queen's former chef, Darren McGrady, used to create his own takeaways for the royal family, it always tickled me at Balmoral, would make her own burgers. They would shoot deer, they would make venison burgers on. What a venison burger. I don't know if I can, though, after seeing the deer recently. I mentioned this before. The big gorgeous cranberry and everything stuffed in them, but we'd never set buns out. Uh, so she's basically doing, uh, she's doing the vegan annuary, basically. You know, venison burgers without the buns. Oh, so I, I, you, you don't want the venison without the you, you don't want the venison without the bops, your majesty. Anyway, so it made me think that okay, we've got the royal family condiments. Why don't we have royal family condoms? I mean, this is something they should institute. They need to uh, put together maybe sort of a constitution of rules that basically 
everybody, once they reach the age of, uh, you know, 18, they get all the royal male family members, and probably the female as well, they get royal family condoms. Yes. And they could market them as well. I mean, I would you know, love a packet of condoms with the, uh, with the royal crest and bosh on them, you know. I've got to have a right regal time, you know. But should one bow at the waist when putting on the condom? Or do you have to uh, bend one's knee when putting it on the sheath? I mean, there has to be rules and regulations, what you would expect about these things. But it would, it would solve all sorts of issues. But I mean, guess, you know, I mean, you don't want, well, Prince Andrew's seal all over it, though, you know. You just don't want Andrew's waxy seal all over the royal condoms. No, <laughs> awful. Absolutely awful. I mean, it would prevent people leaving their royal seal everywhere. But the one thing you don't want. You don't want, yeah. You don't, yeah. You don't want any of the old, uh, the old Sandringham Brown sauce. That, that I mean, be Prince that Andrew's calling card. You would leave. Oh yeah. You don't want Andrew's. You don't want Andrew's Roy. You don't want Andrew's Sandringham Brown sauce left around. Oh yes, I've had some of the old Sandringham Brown sauce too, and I've never been the same since. Yes, I might have been hacked on Instagram. I uh, I got a little note came through that I won the new iPhone 13. It was uh, I think I think the lady's name was Olga. Looked like a Russian. <laughs> She's writing in Russian, but I had won in translation the iPhone 13. So Putin's harem, Putin's harem, has given me the prize of an iPhone 13. Why are they trying to hack a humble butler podcaster? This is what I want to know. Yes, another round of rubbish poker. Yeah, I do like delving around and skipping. So does everybody else, apparently. That's when you discover you have new friends when they want to use your skip. It's called skip hijacking. We talked about it on the podcast yesterday. But it's another term for rubbish poker. Some wonderful things uh, left in the skip. Very near to Chappie's Towers where everybody likes on a Sunday, and indeed a Monday, to all their rubbish out. And there are people going through the rubbish. I know it's not fly tipping, but they're going through the rubbish, like the old lady just before Christmas, looking for things to wrap up for Grimbo. Anyway, today, rubbish poker. So is there a royal flush involved? What's your hand looking like? I have a pretty good hand here. The front hand that I would have in the game of poker would be, and I found this, Houston, we have a problem. Live long and prosper. An upside down Star Trek recliner. Venus rising. Pointing in the pointing in the direction of Venus. Yeah, Venus, not anus rising. Venus rising. Yes, so it's, it is pointed in the direction of Venus. Upside down Star Trek recliner. But you know what? We have a royal flush. We have an ace in the pack here. Yep, you thought the Star Trek recliner was good. Oh, it was good, I tell you. It was good, Bob. It was good, Brucey. Ah, uh, but we've got even better for you. So, the upside down stair truck recliner facing Venus, but even better, next to it, was 
a Stormtrooper mug smashed. You can make out that it was still a Stormtrooper though, and it had the remnants of hot chocolate. Um, yeah, so we had the Stormtrooper mug smashed. I mean, this is an absolute royal flush here, I tell you. And it had the remnants of hot chocolate in the storm, broken Stormtrooper mug, or at least what I thought was hot chocolate. Oh, yes, old boy, Trumple Trombone, come and join me. An isolated Indonesian church built in the shape of a chicken has become one of the country's most interesting tourist attractions, with people spit and think it's either a bad joke or haunted. Known as the Garija I Am, is built by a man in the 1990s who originally supposed to resemble a dove. The church was the brainchild of Daniel Alamjar, who said that the idea of a church was given to him in a dream by God. He envisaged the chicken church to be a safe space, not churches, chicken, chicken church, for people of all religions to commune. But in the years since, it's become something of a laughing stock due to its avian design. So Daniel claimed that in a dream, he saw a white dove on top of a hill and a beautiful view behind it. In the dream, the dove spoke to Daniel and asked him to build a house of worship. Daniel chanced upon the identical view of the top of the hill and the forest inside the Maladang jungle on the top of Java and decided to fill the dove's prophecy. But due to uh, financial difficulties and staunch local resistance, the idea of his February cathedral was never completed. I mean, was it without the legs? Was it a chicken without the head? I mean, it's freaky, ghoulish, finger-licking good. They would have got away with it if it hadn't been for those pesky, greasy fingers. Thousands of women who contacted a lonely bachelor who advertised himself in billboards to find a wife could be disappointed as Twitter users claim he's already married. The bloke who appears on billboards looking for love could already be married. It was revealed after the hashtag find Malik a wife was a publicity stunt. Mohammed Malik from London was pictured lying down while cheekily pointing at a sign saying save me from an arranged marriage on billboards across the UK. There's also a website uh, around the hashtag uh, find Malik a wife set up an aided search but now his billboards have been replaced by his new versions announcing his partnership with the Muslim dating app Muzmatch. Uh, the new billboards show Malik's dating profile in which he describes himself as an entrepreneur, eats halal and is seeking a marriage. Uh, we say that uh, we meet at the mosque, reads the text on the advertisement with his website findmalikawife.com but there's now Find Malik on Muzmatch. I mean, maybe he needs to find a more discreet form of advertising. It's more garish than ghosting. And a British family was struck for 38 days in the 1970s uh, at sea, eventually saved by a Japanese trawler. When struggling farmer Dugrell Robertson decided to buy a yacht with his life savings and take his family around the world, the adventure nearly ended in tragedy. Leaving the UK in January 1971 aboard the Lucetti, 37-year-old Dugrell was accompanied by his uh, wife Lynn and sons Doug, and Anne and twins Neil and Sandy. For 18 months they sailed the high seas but on June the 15th 1972 the boat was struck by a pod of killer whales in the Pacific Ocean. The family were left adrift in a 10-foot dinghy lifeboat with little water or food but they caught turtles, ate flying fish and drank rainwater and turtle blood while punching menacing sharks before luckily being picked up by a Japanese trawler 38 days later. Yeah, I think I would have gone for the coconut water first, personally. Beautiful having you here today. 
uh, for the podcast. Thank you so much for listening in, tuning in to Keep Calm and Cauliflower Cheese, episode 160. So if you like, if you like yourself, some just audio, just me rambling on, just bumbling through one nonsensical item to the next, then you can listen on Apple, Spotify, iHeartRadio, Pandora, Audible, Amazon Music, Breaker, Slacker, many, many different platforms. Like and subscribe where you can. But there is a musical edition. I am still on Spotify. I know a lot of people are leaving, but I am still on Spotify uh, for the moment until all the music goes. And then uh, I'll have to consider my other options. I'll have to become a one-man band and start, uh, I don't know, tootling on the pink piccolo or something like that. Who knows? But if you like music, we have some tennis. Yes, that is a band called Tennis. Dua Lipa. We have some Santana. We have some Kiss. We have some Rolling Stones. We also have some Hot Chocolate. Some Counting Crows, Robbie Williams, Christopher Cross. And we always sail into the sunset with a Yacht Rock classic to finish off the show. Coming up next, though, we do have a poem. This is what we've got to look forward to. But January, cold, desolate, February, all dripping wet, March, wind ranges, April changes, birds sing in tune to flowers of May, and sunny June brings longest day. In scorched July, the storm cows fly, lightning-torn August bears corn, September fruit. In a rough October, earth must disrobe her, stars fall and shoot in keen November, and night is long and cold is strong in bleak December. I will be back again, God willing, next Friday for two more editions of the podcast over the next weekend. But I hope you have a lovely week. The uh, mercury is descending rapidly here. So I'm going to go in search of my long johns. I also need to get myself a little thermos flask for when I go out on my uh, snowy, icy jaunts. Until next time, cheerio.